This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We marking out, y'all. Spreading like this Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We marking out, y'all. We're marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 526. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. You could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. And I am doing awesome as always. Chris will not be here again this week, but check him out. Chris Sweendog and Dave will be joining us a little bit later on at DaveTheRave underscore M. Oh, pro wrestling tees.com slash marking out. There's a sale going on right now. Use the code madness to get 20% off. We would, uh, we greatly appreciate you even checking out the storefront. Also youtube.com slash marking out 11. Same as Instagram marking out 11, uh, facebook.com slash marking out twitch.tv slash marking out. Uh, I did not really do. Much this week, just some television programs, no movies, uh, WandaVision again still just has me on the the edge of my seat, it sucks that it's over already, but I'm looking forward to all the other MCU projects coming out. Before I talk about Impact Wrestling and AEW, I'm going to air a quick little uh, commercial break from Dan St. Germain, he is a comedian, you would know him from... Conan O'Brien, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, and a bunch of other projects. He has a new project right now, a podcast. So let's hear from Dan. Hey, it's Dan over at the Wrestle Roasts Podcasts. Each week we break down the weekly wrestling events. We also had the Roast of a Legend. Past couple weeks have been Bret Hart, Shane McMahon, and Baron Corbin, we're doing the big show this week. Who knows who it's going to be next? Featuring myself, uh, Mike Lawrence, who was the Comedy Central Roast Battle winner. Robert Karpolis, who's a former WWE writer and the man behind the WWE Creative-ish Twitter. If you haven't, if you haven't read that feed, check it out. It's, it's, it's hilarious. And Scott Chaplin, who's also been seen on Comedy Central. We're on all things comedy and ad-free shows. Give us a shot, folks. Have a good one. Back here on Marking Out, want to say a special thank you to Dan St. Germain. Check him out on Twitter at DSGermain and uh, check out his new project, uh, Wrestle Roasts. Uh, moving over to Impact Wrestling this past week. Man, oh man. Uh, I watched on Twitch and it was almost unwatchable, which is so unfortunate. It was just lagging the whole time. I don't know if that was on uh, Twitch. I I want to say yes, because Twitch has been super laggy as of late for me, but nothing like that. That was like ridiculous. But we did see Ace Austin defeat Chris Bay and Black Taurus. Uh, Sawyer Fulton, Madman Fulton, sorry, got involved, leading to Ace Austin picking up the victory there. That was the match that we saw last week. It was the six-man tag. The winners of that match went on to this triple threat. Now Ace Austin gets an X-Division championship match. Um, we saw Brian Myers 
ask Matt Cardona basically to cheat for him. And Matt was just saying that it would be unprofessional of him to do that. Uh, we saw Tennille Dashwood defeat Havoc. Caleb with a K distracted Havoc on the apron at one point. So she list, she she missed her leg drop. And Tennille hit that spotlight to pick up the victory. After the match, we saw Nevaeh come out and beat up Caleb. So... I still, I'm, I'm happy we had a singles match there, by the way. I, I do hope we get more from Tennille. Like, move her to the championship scene, perhaps. Not the tag team championship scene. We saw Trey Miguel's wrestling school featured uh, on a Sammy Callahan segment where he kept uh, going around. I guess he hacked into it and he was walking around causing... Uh, chaos, I should say, and uh, threatened the trainer. I, he wanted to know where Trey Miguel was, and the trainer's like, you know where he is, it's Tuesdays, he's had impact, which that was not an impression of him, if you're listening. <laughs> but I had no idea who any of the people were, just like, going around that. I didn't know, I didn't know if they said it, it was just freezing the whole time, so I couldn't understand a majority of it. After that, though, we saw Swingers Palace. TJP placed a, a, a whole bunch of bets on what Ace Austin would say and uh, kept winning from based off of what Ace Austin stormed in saying, uh, and said. But after that, we saw Violent by Design. Eric Young spoke to Diener about him failing to put Jake something away last week. And then... Joe Doring took him to a back room, beat him down. So if you're not, if you, if you don't get the job done, Eric Young will have you beat down. So another AEW promo this week, nothing really special to mention from that. We saw a moose vignette where he feels uh, disrespected because he's not seen as a real champion. And that's why he needs to defeat Rich Swan. Rich Swan on his own promo later on in the night, but Moose is clearly now seen as a real champion because Scott Demore reinstated the TNA championship. But I guess because he's not the Impact champion, he needs that respect there. Good Brothers and Finn Juice for some reason teamed up to take on Triple XL and Reno Scum. I don't know if I missed something. I literally have no idea why Good Brothers and Finn Juice were teaming up because I feel like they were just like feuding like last week. There was already tension between the two teams. Um, match was less than five minutes long. And then they argued backstage and it led to a title match at Sacrifice coming up. Uh, what was the main event for me? Because the feed cut out, Eddie Edwards picked up the victory over Brian Myers via disqualification. Matt Cardona, like I said before, was the, the special guest referee. Brian Myers added an object to his elbow pad before hitting the roster cut right in front of Matt's face. And Matt questioned it and tossed out, it, tossed out the match, threw out a disqualification. Brian got pissed. But Matt called it down the middle. Uh, main event of the actual show, though, was Deanna Perrazzo picking up the victory over Jordan Grace and Kiera Hogan. Again, I have no idea why Kiera Hogan was in this match. 
I think people were saying there was a backstage segment that led to this. I missed it completely. Um, and I think they also said Deanna Perrazzo announced that she was the one that took out ODB. And after this match, ODB took out Deanna Perrazzo. So hopefully next week's episode of Impact will not be goofy like this week's episode and I could actually watch it and talk more about it. But moving over to AEW Dynamite, um, I think before I even talk about the, the women's tournament, I need to say that I hope that they never, ever, ever do anything on Bleacher Report ever again. It ended up not working. Tony Khan thankfully put it up on YouTube, but I hope they absolutely never use Bleacher Report. That was a disaster. Um, but we saw Hikaru Shida, Mei Saruga, and Rin Katakura defeat Emi Sakura, Veni, and Maki Ito in that six-woman tag. We saw Ryo Mizunami pick up the victory over Yuka Sakazaki, and Thunder Rosa picked up the victory over Riho. Uh, then they had more on Monday night. I thought this whole tournament, by the way, was such a, the whole, all the shows I've already said, it was such a mess. Um, but we saw Maddie Rinkowski defeat Leva Bates in a non-tournament match during the tournament. We saw Layla Hirsch defeat Miranda Ali's, uh, in a non-tournament match as well. And then the, the tournament finals for the U S side, we saw Nyla Rose defeat Thunder Rosa. Nyla Rose will be facing Ryo Mizunami on the Dynamite episode that I will be talking about right now. But it kicks off with Jade Cargill and Shaquille O'Neal picking up the victory over Red Velvet and Cody. I didn't I just didn't like this match. I didn't. It didn't look like Shaquille O'Neal was was anywhere close to as trained as they were putting him over as. Um. And for I, I just I don't know. There were spots here. I don't know. I don't understand why Austin Gunn attacked Shaquille O'Neal with a chair. I didn't understand Jade and Red Velvet setting up tables. I figured obviously Shaquille O'Neal or Cody were going to be going through it, but I did not get why they set up those tables. Cody ended up putting Shaquille O'Neal through the table a bit later on in the match, which was a good spot. I like that, the table spot there. Um, I did also pop for Shaquille O'Neal hitting that Brody Lee powerbomb. However, I thought Cody not selling it sucked. Hit that uh, dropping world's strongest slam on Shaquille O'Neal. I didn't, I wasn't, I don't think that was good. Uh, And it wasn't even like a huge moment of the match. I think one of the biggest moments in wrestling history is Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant. And it was literally as if nothing happened there. Um, But after the match, Shaquille O'Neal was loaded into an ambulance. And for whatever reason, Tony Schiavone, instead of letting Shaquille O'Neal go to the hospital, he's like, I have to get an interview. So he opens up the ambulance door and Shaquille O'Neal was just gone. So Shaquille O'Neal now joins the likes of Undertaker, Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss uh, as people who can just disappear, I guess. 
But uh, match after that, we saw Ray Phoenix and Pack pick up the victory over John Skyler and D3. Uh, I don't want to call this a squash match, but it basically was. It was just to showcase Pack and Phoenix, I guess, to put over the the casino tag team Royale at Revolution. Um. But I liked what I saw from this match. Phoenix running on that top rope to kick John Skyler, I thought was super cool. Um, but yeah, it was it was really a short match. And after that, we saw Chris Jericho and MJF hosting a press conference. I always hate these segments, always. But we saw. Uh, Robbie Fox from Barstool Sports come out, ask a question on a goofed microphone, couldn't hear his uh, question. We saw Conrad Thompson. We saw Brandon Walker from Barstool Sports as well, who we literally just saw at NXT TakeOver. Eric Bischoff back in the house. Uh, And then we saw the Young Bucks show up, and it turned into a brawl. Brandon Cutler came out. The Good Brothers were there. Uh, and then it ends with the Young Bucks putting Santana and Ortiz through tables. Obviously, it was a cool pop spot. You saw Nick dive off the entrance gimmick uh, and Matt jumped off the entrance ramp. I feel like we have seen something similar from them before. But uh, yeah, that puts over the tag team titles match. And I hope Chris Jericho and MJF don't win the match. And I hope we get new tag team champions soon. After that, they aired a hype video for Kenny Omega and John Moxley featuring the Deathmatch innovator himself, Onita, which I thought was really cool. Uh, but I'm still, I'm very disappointed with them using that extermination chamber phrase again. I said it last week. Just Google the phrase. It literally is nothing but Holocaust related. Very stupid that they're using that still. I don't understand that. But the match after that, we saw FTR team up with Tully Blanchard to defeat the Jurassic Express. FTR came out wearing the old NWA Tag Team Championships. Tully Blanchard had uh, the old United States Championship. I would assume that's why Conrad Thompson was there. I'm assuming those were his titles at this point. Uh, J.J. Dillon was their manager for the evening. And I liked the match. It was a typical six-man tag. It was cool to see Tully Blanchard. That's something that has not been done in, what maybe, what, 20 years or so? So if you were a fan in attendance that night, it was cool that you now get to say you saw Tully Blanchard work a match. Um, A cameraman, though, eventually helped FTR get the control of the match so they could hit that spike pile driver. And Tully Blanchard ends up picking up the victory there. After the match, the cameraman reveals himself to be Sean Spears, long forgotten about, uh, client of Tully Blanchard. There were teases months ago and rumblings about a four horsemen stable in AEW. All of them came out uh, and then they came together, they celebrated, Arn Anderson came out and flashed the four, which I thought was weird because this seemed like they were a heel stable here, and then Arn Anderson came out and like gave them his seal of approval, as almost, I guess. Um, 
So it'll be cool to see Sean Spears and FTR together. It's like been long overdue that Sean Spears get used. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. There's uh, there's never a great transition, though, to talk about death. But given the horsemen in the previous segment, I think it's only fitting to bring up that Jim Crockett Jr. unfortunately passed away on Wednesday. He was a former president of the NWA and co-owner of Jim Crockett Promotions, which eventually was sold to Ted Turner and turned into WCW. Uh, he created the the Crockett the Jim Crockett's uh, Senior Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament to honor his father and two of the competitors in that last tournament, the last uh, of of that iteration of NWA at least were Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. So. Our condolences go out to Jim Crockett Jr.'s family and his friends. I know the wrestling world is mourning his death for sure. Uh, As for Dynamite, we saw Paul White come out, made his official AEW debut. Tony Schiavone was interviewing him. And he said there will be a Hall of Fame-worthy signee to AEW at Revolution. And it's not who we think. To me, when he says something like that, Hall of Fame worthy means it's not somebody currently in the Hall of Fame. So it leaves for people like CM Punk, it leaves for people like Brock Lesnar, somebody like John Cena, somebody like The Rock, somebody like Okada, uh, Undertaker as well. I cannot see it being any of those people. I would be shocked, absolutely shocked if it was any of those people. I think Joey Styles. He randomly trademarked his name last week, so I think it could be him and he would do commentary with Tony Schiavone and Paul White on AEW Dark Elevation. I I, I just can't picture it being somebody like Brock Lesnar. That would be like, it would be insane. It would be a big show level insane. Um, but I don't think Joey Styles is going to be the only surprise at Revolution. And if it's not Joey Styles, there's also possibilities that it's like the outside of wrestling world because it's not who we expect. Perhaps Conor McGregor, maybe Kane Velasquez. Maybe it's actually Paul White signing his contract, turning heel, big, uh, big heel pop there from the crowd. Maybe it's actually one of the people that we already named, that I already named. Maybe it is going to be somebody like Brock Lesnar. Maybe they're going to shock the world. I have no idea. I don't know. Tony Tony uh, Khan said that it's going to be a wrestler. I have no idea. I think, it, I think Paul White specifically went out of his way to say talent rather than wrestler, but I have no idea. It's coming from Tony Khan's mouth that it's going to be a wrestler. I don't know. But moving on, we did see Rio Mizunami pick up the victory over Nyla Rose in the finals of that Women's Cup tournament. Mizunami now moves on to face Hikaru Shida at the Revolution pay-per-view. And it was a good hard-hitting match. I'm, I'm happy that Rio won this match. And I think I would have to say that this might have been Nyla Rose's best match in AEW to date. 
After the match, we saw Hikaru Shida present Rio with that trophy, and they went strike for strike. And it just ended there. But we saw Sting come out, speak about Team Taz. Ricky Starks cut him off and said that Sting still has it, but he's not an icon. Sting, uh, and he also slapped Sting, which Sting then beat him down. Hobbs and Hook came out to uh, make the save, followed by Brian Cage. Brian Cage took the absolute longest time trying to powerbomb Sting while Darby's music was playing. Like, hello. That makes him look stupid, I think. But uh, Darby Allen comes out, attacks Brian Cage. That was the end of that. Match afterwards, we saw Max Caster pick up the victory over 10. Preston Vance, uh, negative one, was ringside. Scorpio Sky did commentary. Who's uh, He's kind of basically been non-existent in AEW as of late. But he is in that, uh, that ladder match. But Jack Evans came out and clocked 10 with a boombox behind the referee's back. And then Matt Hardy paid Evans off. So... Matt Hardy still feuding with the Dark Order. Uh, and that kind of leads into the main event. But before the main event, we saw Miro yelling about Chuck Taylor not coming back to him and being his butler or whatever it was. And then he yelled a bunch of stuff and he ends it with game over. I, I'm happy we're getting this side of, of Miro. We've been waiting for months of this side of Miro. It's not the same as Rusev Crush. But I'm looking forward to Miro being the beast that he was in WWE at one point. Main event though, we saw Hangman, Adam Page, and Johnny Silver team up to defeat Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn. Good match. I liked Adam Page hitting that lariat and just staring at Matt Hardy while he was pinning Mark Quinn. Trying to shake some fear into Matt Hardy. But after the match, Matt Hardy attacked Adam Page and John Silver with a microphone. Dark Order runs down and attacks Matt Hardy. All the other tag teams from that Battle Royal run down. They brawl to the end. I thought it was a weird thing to focus on the tag team match as the finale of, of dynamite going into the pay-per-view because I don't feel like that match will be as big as the other matches on the card. But as for AEW revolution, we have a pre-show match. Riho and Thunder Rosa will be taking on Dr. Britt Baker and uh, Rebel. I'm going to say Riho and Thunder Rosa pick up the victory there. Casino Tag Team Battle Royale for the future AEW Tag Team Championship match. Bear Country. Uh, Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. You got Santana and Ortiz, Butcher and the Blade, Private Party, Top Flight, Death Triangle, uh, Pack and Ray Phoenix, The Varsity Blondes, Matt and Mike Seidel. You got SoCal Uncensored, The Natural Nightmares, and Chaos Project. Also added to the match, uh, The Gun Club. Austin and Colton, you got Dark Order again, uh, Alan Angles, Preston Vance, you have Pretty Picture, Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi. I'm going to say given the, the 
the match on Dynamite, maybe Pack and Phoenix to win, but I really want to see Phoenix as a singles star, so who knows. And also, they keep adding more and more teams to this, so maybe there'll be an unannounced team of Tama Tonga and Tongaloa, the current IWGP Tag Team Champions, Gorillas of Destiny, Bullet Club members, they got history with the Bucks. They were uh, somewhat feuding on Twitter with the Bucks, so if they're in it, then I'm changing from Pack and Phoenix to Gorillas of Destiny, but there are so many tag teams that they keep, they keep adding in, so I, I can't even keep track at this point. There's just me a giant mess of people in that ring. Um, we have Miro and Kip Sabian picking up, uh, not picking up a victory. We have them facing off against the best friends. I'm going to say Miro and Kip Sabian kind of have to win here, but I don't know what happens with the best friends after they lose, but we need that, that strong Rusev crush Miro character. We need to see him dominate in this match. Um, Adam Page will be taking on Matt Hardy in a big money match where the winner will receive the loser's 2021 first quarter earnings. I think Adam Page is safe is a safe bet to to pick here to to win. Street fight. Uh Darby Allen staying making his return to the ring after a couple of years taking on Team Taz. I'm going to say Team Taz. Darby Allen and Sting kind of got the upper hand on Wednesday, so hopefully it's Team Taz picking up the victory there. For the AEW Tag Team Championships, we have the Young Bucks defending the titles against the inner circle of Chris Jericho and MJF. I'm going to say the Young Bucks. For the AEW Women's Championship, we have Hikaru Shida defending the title against Ryo Mizunami. I'm going to say the champion retains. Hikaru Shida picks up the victory over Ryo Mizunami. Uh, the face of the Revolution ladder match for a future AEW TNT Championship match. We have Cody taking on Scorpio Sky, taking on Penta El Cerro Miedo, taking on Lance Archer, taking on Max Caster, and a TBA, I think a surprise person here. I I want to say Rob Van Dam is going to end up in this match. I could be completely wrong, but I think Rob Van Dam could end up in this match. It's a ladder match. He's uh, known to have a couple ladder matches in his time. But I think the winner of this TNT Championship opportunity match will be Scorpio Sky and I think Scorpio Sky needs it he's been somebody who's like started and stopped a lot and he should be built up as a head of a division 100% so hopefully Scorpio Sky picks up the victory there Main event, I have to assume the main event, is an exploding barbed wire death match for the AEW World Championship. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. Surely it's Kenny Omega picking up the victory. And then John Moxley leaves AEW for some time. And we don't see him again until, uh, what, all out? Maybe double or nothing, seems likely. More likely, March to May. So, that's AEW Revolution. We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor over at Manscaped. And we'll be right back here on Marking Out. 
Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. So essentially, it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Back on Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Uh, we always like to have Manscaped aboard. I use my Manscaped, uh, my Lawnmower 3.0 on my beard this morning. It's nice and clean, nice and fresh. Tomorrow I'll, uh, you know, hit the old Sharisky and give the uh, the boys down below some attention. <laughs> As my wife's in the back, she just goes gross. Uh, but go to Manscaped.com. Use the coupon code regardless. Save twenty percent off and free shipping. If you don't want to, if you feel awkward about uh, trimming down there, buy. They have cologne. They're refined. It smells beautiful. Foot spray, which reminds me, I should go get some right after this because I need some foot spray, especially having shoes on now all the time again. My feet are starting to get stinky. Manscaped.com. Use the coupon code regardless. Save twenty percent off and free shipping. And let's kick it over to Dave and Brandon. For some WWE talk. Yeah, and we're going to bring on Dave now. Dave, how you doing? Hey, I am doing great. How about uh, we know you are awesome as always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great. Um, you know, and this week was a, it, it was an eventful week. It was an eventful week, but I feel like every week it just seems like it just starts off slow and then before you notice it it's wednesday and then you look again and it's friday night yeah uh I, yeah I, and now i spoke about it before 
WandaVision is done. I, I, <laughs> I for the past few weeks, I've been staying up two till until three a.m. to like get the episode out of the way, like first thing first. <laughs> Why? Well, because when I wake up and I go on Twitter, it's like, oh, this happened in WandaVision. And it's like, well, come on. I don't want to see that just yet. So instead of staying up till 3 a.m., why not just when you wake up, not go to Twitter? Well, I'm up anyway. So it's not like I'm staying up until 3 a.m. I should have said that I'm choosing to just stay up and see the episode. Uh Uh-huh. Or not even stay up. I'm up anyway. (laughs) Jeez. All right. I, I still have to catch up on it, but I hear uh, it was really great in a great season finale. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I wish it was longer. But uh, are they? Is this going to be a reoccurring season? I I don't a know why they. Something? I don't think they ever said like if this show and uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, even Loki or Loki were going to be multiple seasons. But we know this show specifically leads into. Doctor Strange 2, which comes out over a year from now, mm-hmm. next March. Should we say spoiler? No, because that was that we knew going into this series, regardless of what happens on this show, it's going to be a lead in for Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange 2. We don't know if Spider Man. Well, no, I, we do know Spider Man is also a lead in to Doctor Strange. We don't know how Black Widow fits into it. Um, there's two other movies, I think, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know anything about, there's Eternals that comes out, I think, in May. Mm-hmm. And then there's, um, Shang-Chi, which I have no idea about. Huh. And actually, Eternals would be November, because Shang-Chi is July and Black Widow is May. Spider-Man December. And then we so have, have a lot. Yeah, they have then, a lot in store. I mean, I saw the uh the Spider-Man um teaser, well, I guess release of the name. Oh yeah. Where they had a bunch of different, I don't know. I it had to be Easter eggs. Uh I don't think so. I think it was just teasing like home. Cuz every I Spider-Man think- movie has the word home in it. Yeah, but you you had things that were on the board that were teasing stuff. Uh, like you had, I don't know. You had you had the Tesseract. You had the one scene from uh, Infinity War, where you had like the "I don't feel so," and then like the words started to twinkle lot, like sprinkle away. Yeah, I think that was just like a recap, though. Um. Yeah, I forgot whichever what other ones they had on there that were just pretty uh pretty cool but yeah marvel has one of the best uh, movie series ever i just need agents of shield to somehow eventually tie into (laughs) everything Mm -hmm. i have to still get into agents of shield i should say tie into it again because we've seen agent colson obviously he's from the movies and a few other people vice Mm -hmm. versa but yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, all right. Let's give the listeners exactly what they want, and let's get on to some sports entertainment and speak about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro opens up with 
Dimitri McIntyre talking about how he wants to regain the WWE Championship. He wants his WrestleMania. He didn't do all that just to not have WrestleMania. And then Miz comes out, cuts it off to brag about becoming the WWE Champion. And he said he didn't want Bobby Lashley's help, but Lashley threatened him. And then MVP was out there. Sheamus was out there as well. Uh, Leads into the first match. We get Drew McIntyre picking up a victory over Sheamus. I think Sheamus should have been way more pissed off than I said he should have been even last week. He -hmm. finally gets that one-on-one with Drew McIntyre. It's not even for the title because Drew isn't champion. Um, But they brawled before the match. I thought it was a great match. It was hard-hitting. Yeah. This match, this match could have been a main event Absolutely. of a pay per view, and this was the first match of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, uh, this this had so much build up to it. This has a lot of like, I mean, emotion and storyline built up into this, and I feel like I don't know. I love that we got it at this point, but I hope that this isn't the conclusion of Sheamus and McIntyre. Like you said, I feel like Sheamus has been. Uh, does deserve a championship shot. Um, and I hope that this leads into something more, especially for Sheamus. The guy is a future hall of famer as well. And I, I hope that there's more to this. Yeah. I like drew McIntyre using Sheamus's uh, moves in the white match, noise. the 10 beats. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then he did the white noise off the turnbuckle. Um, but I feel like McIntyre uses that move. Does he? I don't know. Maybe not. When when I saw him, I don't think so. When I saw him do it, I thought, I think that they refer to it as the white noise. Yeah, part of me thinks he actually uses that move, but I'm not positive on that. But I liked mm. the ending of this match. I thought it was really good. Sheamus setting up for that bro kick, goes to hit the bro kick, and boom, Drew McIntyre's quicker. It's that claymore. Uh, poetry motion, you know? Like this, that... We've never seen that before. Well, I can't say never, but we've never we've never <laughs> seen a bro kick interrupted by uh, Claymore like that. But I feel like it was just so swift and amazing. Of a, it just it was a perfect conclusion for this match. After that, we saw Nia Jax pick up the victory over Naomi. It started at 8.51, and it was over at 8.53. Even the entrances were rushed. I just thought it was stupid. I'm not mad that it was over so quickly. I mean, as you can tell, I'm not a big fan of the Naomi, Lana stuff anyways. So for this to go by so quickly, I'm not mad by it. I think that Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler have to be built up into a bigger feud than against Naomi and Lana. Well, it was no clearly, to, I think it was clearly no just no, rushed. Yeah, it felt rushed, but, but no offense to like uh, Naomi. Naomi is a great wrestler and everything. It definitely deserves to be champion, but not with Lana, uh, Lana and not like this. But I think it was rushed, yep. though, because Lashley and Miz were supposed to be going at 9 o'clock. Lashley was out in the ring waiting for Miz. Miz was backstage with cramps in his stomach, so he couldn't do it. Lashley ran to the back, threatens Miz, and then Adam Pierce gave Miz until 10 p.m. 
I mean, he really talk about a threat. He threw him right up against that uh, the luggage, the suit, the boxes, and stuff like that. And I love the fact that Morrison right away was calling for a towel. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> like I was just like, out of everything, he doesn't call for like medic, 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 or anything like that. He just calls for a towel. He may yeah. have called for a medic once, but then he calls for a towel. Uh, we saw Braun Strowman call out Adam Pierce and uh, Shane basically saying that they definitely have something against them, him. And uh, both of them came out. Shane spoke about the conflict resolution gimmick that he's been attending or in college or something. He's, apparently he's been taking college classes or something. I don't something like that. Um, but... He was saying how to get over the the conflict is to team with who you have conflict with. So he announces Adam Pierce would be Braun Strowman's tag team partner for a tag team title shot. Um, and then Braun Strowman promised that if Adam Pierce screwed everything up, he's gonna get those hands. Hurt business picked up the victory, successfully retaining the tag team titles against Braun Strowman and Adam Pierce. Braun Strowman had this set up perfectly for the victory. He was going in for that for the end, and then Shane McMahon pretty much encouraged him tagging Adam Pierce, tagging Adam Pierce, yeah. and then he tags in Adam Pierce. Braun uh, got distracted, and right when Adam Pierce got into the ring, he got rolled up into a pin. Well, Adam Pierce, no, Adam Pierce pinned Shelton Benjamin, and Shelton reversed the pin. Yeah, he yeah per, yeah he got rolled up into a pin. That pisses Braun Strowman off. I still think all signs lead to WrestleMania, Braun versus Shane O'Mac. I said it last time, sign me up. I, I, I will be willing to put money that if that is a match, it's going to be prob- potentially up there for a match for the night. But people are still going to be like, oh, I don't want to see this match. Of course. It's unfortunate. And, you know... It comes to a point where Shane McMahon, you have to give him, all wrestling fans have to give him some sort of recognition. I mean, every single time people have disputed his abilities in the ring or the caliber of a match that he will put on, he always, always puts them in their place and proves them wrong. So, I mean, his resume stands for itself. After that, we saw backstage Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. Uh, Elias and Jackson Riker approached them, and Elias pitched uh, for him and Bad Bunny to drop a single together, and Bad Bunny turned it down. And I feel like they totally should, like, legit do that. (laughs) (laughs) But leads into the match. Damian Priest picks up the victory over Elias. I personally could have done without this match. Um, yeah, but we, we saw I, Jackson Riker hit Damian Priest behind the referee's back. Um, I totally, I totally agree with you, and I'm just, still confused with where I'm still confused with where Riker and Elias stuff is even headed. Yeah, and during the match, I don't know why Jackson Riker didn't try to beat Bad Bunny for the 24/7 championship. Yeah, I would I'm have, surprised. I would have liked to have Nobody... seen that, and only and had Damian Priest take Riker out during it. And then still have Priest win it. But it's weird. Bad Bunny has been champion for, what, like two weeks already? Um, two, about two, that. Two, three weeks? And nobody 
has really made an attempt. No, we've had attempts. What do you mean? They've all been put to they they all been stopped. Yeah, but nothing rec- nothing this week and nothing last on week SNL. We did. Well, on SNL, you can't really expect that. Come on. <laughs> There's no way you could expect that. I mean, it would have been nice. Just saying, it would have been nice. But uh yeah, Bad Bunny's uh slowly 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 inching up towards records of holding that title. Um, I mean, are we going to see Bad Bunny go against Lil Bow Wow? Probably not. And now, did you see a bit of that whole Soldier Boy gimmick? I mean... (laughs) I always hated that song. I'll say that over and over again. I hated that song. Has he even done anything since that song? Yeah, he tried to release fake Game Boys or something like that. And that went really well for him. So now he's trying to get into the wrestling business. Same thing with Bow Wow. I, I guess. At least Bow Wow seems to be maybe training with Rikishi. I don't know. But um, if you're going to put in the time, then all means do it. I, I, You know, it's it's good publicity for WWE. But who are these people anyways? Well, let's not talk trash about Bow Wow. I, I like let's, like What's Mike that? was a great film, so... Yeah, but nothing currently. I can't like, name a single Bow Wow track, but... Exactly. He's nothing now. It's just a struggle to stay afloat and to stay within uh, the popular mind right now and in the eyes. But I love Randy Orton on Twitter. Yeah, big time. Standing up him, for... him and Alexa Bliss going at Soldier Boy. They're feuding right Alexa now. Bliss they both dropped kayfabe to go after Soldier Boy, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> because she chimed in or something, and he, and um, and he, I think he said something like, "Oh, what is the dance that you're doing in the GIF?" And she was, it was the, one of the gifts of, of her mocking Oscar, hmm. and it was like it looked like it could have maybe have been the Soldier Boy gimmick, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, awesome. that that everybody in my high school was all about that dance, that song, that everything just pissed me off so. But we did see Randy Orton backstage talk about um, or go to talk about everything that's been happening. But it was cut off by a satanic Alexa Bliss with a satanic jack-in-the-box. And then she played a video of Randy Orton himself telling Randy Orton that he doesn't uh, have this ending on his terms. And he'll eventually come face-to-face with everything that he's ever done where... And, I mean, we saw Randy Orton also choking after that. But it seems like a Firefly Funhouse match is very, yeah. very likely at WrestleMania. I I definitely agree with you. The one thing that I, I'm surprised he didn't, unless I missed it, he didn't say let, let me in or let him in, right? Wasn't, wasn't Alexa Bliss saying that? Yeah, but Randy, Randy didn't say that to Randy. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Well, I I thought that I was actually surprised by that because it seemed like in that clip it was as if Randy was letting him in a little bit. You know, like you started to see that dark side of Rand. Well, you saw a dark Randy on TV, and I thought it was really cool. We saw Miz pitching WrestleMania to Bobby Lashley instead of Monday Night Raw just to make it a special match. And MVP said no 
Bobby Lashley ends up picking up the victory over the Miz via countout. So Miz was uh, remained the WWE champion. He took it, ran off with it. And then Bobby Lashley yelled at Shane McMahon and Shane considered stripping the Miz of the title. But they set it up for the main event of of the the of Monday Night Raw. What did you think about that? I like liked, the, like I liked that it was like over and over again reoccurring segments like that. And normally, mm-hmm. it's very rare that I like that. But it, it was very Attitude Era esque because we would see, see stuff that. like that during I that era. That. I, I I like that they did have a countdown to the match. Yeah. I did. I did like that aspect, but uh, next up you had Flair. Yeah, um, she spoke about wanting to be a good partner for Oscar when she returned, but she got tangled up in the Lacey Evans stuff with her father. She brought up WrestleMania and then challenged Oscar for the title, basically. Which I yeah. said that on the show that I feel like it's going to lead to that. Yeah. They showed footage of Asuka losing her teeth last week. That's where Asuka was. She was uh, not clear to compete. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax cut Flair off and said that they will, uh, they'll be likely, they'll be the ones to, to challenge Asuka. And then they beat Charlotte down. And I thought we were going to see Rhea Ripley there make the save. But all signs might be pointing to not a singles match at WrestleMania. Perhaps a Fatal 4-Way. Fatal 4-Way? I don't know. See, this is where it's all goofy now. There are so, so many things going on between NXT, SmackDown, and Raw now. Where I don't know what's going to happen with the Women's Tag Team Championships. I unfortunately because if they're I in that match, as... like, are they going to work double duty? Fastlane's already set in stone for some reason. I don't think that Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler should be in the championship uh, line of things. Neither, as neither do I. Right neither do I. But that's where it seems like they're headed. I mean, they, it's not like they don't have enough women on the roster right now to utilize either. But then again, maybe it was just to add to the storyline of them versus Flair and and Asuka. Because the next matchup, we saw Charlotte defeat Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Which wasn't believable to me. She was beat down before the match. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like she got one over on Baszler, had the match, and then won. It It was like she was beat down. Yeah. And it was a short match, and she and she won it. I think that it would have been more meaningful if Flair lost to Shayna to show that she can't defeat them without Asuka's help. I just hope Asuka retains the championship against anybody she's facing at WrestleMania. Yeah. We had Riddle teaming up with the Lucha House Party, picked up the victory over Retribution. Um... I like T-Bar, Chokeslam, and Riddle right off the bat. Yeah. Um, not really... I mean, not really much else in my eyes was important with this match. You well, know? I, I mean, here and there, I thought moves were cool. The, the suplex that Slapjack did. 
where he was standing and Riddle was on, he was sat on the top rope. He like suplexed mm-hmm. him off that. I thought it was cool. Constant tags from Retribution. We we see them being an actual team here. But yeah. Grand Metallic got the win, and it was pretty much a, a, a very quick match. And yeah. Ali then challenged Riddle to a match, which Riddle accepted. Ali picks up that victory. We saw Reckoning get in the ring yeah. at one point, and uh, other members of Retribution helped Ali win. Here's where the, I don't know if it was, I, it, people are saying it was 100% a botch. A botch? I thought it was a cool finisher. What was a botch? That that move where oh. yeah, people no, are saying it was I, supposed I, to be a top row backstab or something. I just thought it was a cool, like, yeah, I, a, a cool knee I definitely, thing. Yeah, I definitely agree that it was a botch, but it looked cool anyways. You know, it looked, it. I definitely see what they were talking about. That I'm sure that it was probably supposed to be a top row backbreak, uh, backstabber or backcracker, but the way that it came down, it looked like kind of like a reverse X factor in a way. Um, but it looked cool. No, it looked I don't cool. know about that. The knees were, I think like to the face. If I not, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he got the knees up in time. I think it, it, I think it looked more like he slammed him down into the mat then getting i don't think he got his legs underneath it properly but no yeah, matter what i'm sorry i think he was above it he yeah he was above it but he didn't get underneath riddle coming down that's why it kind of looked like he was more slamming him down into the mat to me but no matter what this match also showed us that there's going to be some sort of a backlash in retribution i mean Ali keeps on saying how these guys and 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 the uh, and women in retribution they are not able to pick up their victories and everything like that and they need him. We have not seen reckoning wrestle in quite some time so that's stupid. But now the thing is with this one he wasn't going to pick up the victory without them. Right. You know, so without their assistance he was not going to pick up the victory, even though he's claiming that he was going to win. So I see that this is going to end up building up into retribution, turning on Mustafa Ali. But we saw we Miz that- uh, yelling at Shane and Shane uh, yelling at Shane because he threatened to to strip him. And he was like, I should be the one who Monday Night Raw is is focused around. Match main event happens. Bobby Lashley picks up the victory over the Miz in what became a lumberjack match to become the WWE champion. He tapped Miz out. Um, I, I, I had just, an issue with something in this. What? Why was Mustafa Ali and Matt Riddle, especially Matt Riddle, able to come out not even three minutes later to be a lumberjack after losing a match. I mean, they were, it's a quick recovery thing. He didn't even sell it. Like he was in a match. Well, that's that. That's one thing that I didn't like about that, but it had nothing to do with Lashley Miz. I thought that this was a a really fun match with Lashley and Miz. I was so nervous. 
I was so nervous watching this match because I nervous? really I didn't oh. want Miz to lose. I know I didn't I didn't want Miz to lose too, but unfortunately I also. I mean, same thing with you. I'm sure we saw the writing on the wall that Lashley. Yeah. It was impossible that Lashley wasn't going to win. And I'm, I'm all here. I'm here for it. This version of Lashley. I've been saying this. This is a fantastic version of Bobby Lashley. What MVP has built up with the Hurt Business is absolutely incredible. We said this a bunch of times last summer. MVP was the MVP of that beginning half of COVID. Oh, into 100- this current. I- into the current section, he's still up him, there. I'm, I'm, to- him and Shelton Benjamin. Him and Shelton Benjamin during that entire era have dominated it. Not especially. Cedric? No, not too much. I, I mean, I'd say more so Shelton because prior to that, he wasn't really, he wasn't there. Right. You know, but then ever since Shelton returned. He was on TV almost every week. Same thing with MVP. MVP was doing everything from commentary to backstage interviews to segments to wrestling. But this match, it was tough. I agree with you. Bobby Lashley, this is the Bobby Lashley that I was excited for when he made that return. You know? Like like we said last week, he, he really reminds me of that pure, dominant, Roman Reigns on SmackDown, that kind of a caliber where he gets in the ring and you know he's going to hurt or dominate whoever his opponent is. Now, but, now the question on the table is, where do we? Who's the next challenger? Drew McIntyre wants that match. Um, there's nothing set for Fastlane yet, but do we see? Brock Lesnar making a return at Fastlane. Why would you so? Why would you use Brock Lesnar to waste away at Fastlane? It's not wasting. Then, what do you mean that he returns? Well, what do you do with, with Lesnar at WrestleMania? That leads to WrestleMania. Him returning leads to that at WrestleMania. I'm not saying so he has a saying, match. So you're saying Lesnar returns at Fastlane? He doesn't wrestle at Fastlane. Right. That's what I said. <laughs> So, well, I mean, when you said return and stuff, I thought you meant that he's going to have a match uh, at that point. All right, so he returns at Fastlane, leads up to a match at WrestleMania versus Lashley. Unless it's a, a triple threat. I still wouldn't. I wouldn't want that because I don't think that Lesnar should defeat Lashley. Nobody said anything about Lesnar defeating Lashley. So do you see Lashley defeating Lesnar? I would see... Drew McIntyre picking up another victory over Lesnar. And then Bobby Lashley Then Bobby Lashley goes on to wrestle McIntyre again for the championship or something. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't see McIntyre becoming champion again. And I don't want to see McIntyre champion again right now. I think could that you see could you see Brock Lesnar going to AEW or no? I spoke no. about it earlier by myself. Big Show teasing a big talent, a Hall well, of Fame I, worthy I, talent. I believe he he was talking about it in regards to bringing him to commentary with him, right? No, he was just saying talent. But now Tony Khan said wrestler, so I don't know. I've I said it before. I thought maybe. 
It could be Joey Styles due to the fact that that Big Show was saying talent instead of wrestler, but now Tony Khan said wrestler. Um, I don't know. I can't see somebody like John Cena or The Rock. It just doesn't make sense. The Rock currently has a WWE TV show, kind of. What about Kane? I don't see that either, but it's very... I just, I don't know. I feel like I feel like any of those people would be like a huge slap in the face to WWE. I, I mean, I feel like Big Show's a slap in the face to WWE, but he wasn't happy with his contract or whatever. Who cares, right? I don't. I don't think that it's a big slap to the face. I mean, think if about somebody it. was like, Big if Show... somebody like Undertaker, Mark Calloway shows up at AEW, which is people are saying, I think it's the dumbest thing. Undertaker already has signed a, like a fifteen-year contract with them. Yeah, but more realistically, we say somebody like Christian. I could see someone like Christian, but the thing with the Big Show. I don't think that it's a slap in the face to WWE because let's be realistic. Outside of pro, outside of the entertainment aspect, like shoot wise, you hear and you know about how real close Big Show and Vince McMahon are. You know, especially you can tell how close they are by even the pranks that they do to each other, right? So I cannot see Big Show doing that to Vince McMahon or at least not without getting his blessing or him in him saying like, Hey, I really want to help out in some sort of a manner in this thing. Can I have your blessing? And Vince man giving him his blessing. Uh, that I is bless what you I show see. to go to AEW. I'm sorry. I bless you big show to go to AEW. Exactly. I, I think that he got approval from Vince McMahon because it does seem like a lot of these wrestlers, like Big Show view Vince McMahon as that kind of father figure. I just if if it's as big as a person that they're teasing, it like has to be top level caliber, and it doesn't make sense. I don't unless it's just like a goof. I don't know. All it, it'll get it's going to get people tuning into Revolution, whether they buy the pay per view or watch it online. For free of somewhere. course, but they, and they have to deliver. I don't think they have to deliver. It could just be like a gotcha. Sort of thing. No, if they, they they're not going to lose if, any viewership over a Bam roasted. I think they. they I it's think just that it would, it, it's the wrestling business. It could be they could be as carny as they want. That's the wrestling business. Uh-oh. Is card subject no, to change? Not, not right now. They they are trying to make a name for them and maintain a name for them. I don't think that would be good business to have something like that right now. It could be. It could be somebody that that that's. Um, that they're going to build up as Hall of Fame worthy. And that's what I I hope not. I hope it's somebody that's already established. It has to be someone already established. If not, it's a fail in my mentality, in my mind. Well, speaking of established superstars moving over to NXT, where I wish Big Show went. I said that years ago. Big show, Randy Orton, Dolph Ziggler, but that never happened. Uh, First match we saw at NXT, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan picked up the victory over Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher because uh, Wesley's hand is broken. MSK was not getting a title shot. I thought for some reason, I thought Nash Carter was going to be in this match with Ciampa. Mm -hmm. Um, But Imperium came out during this. And later on, Mackenzie Mitchell asked Timothy Thatcher about Imperium. 
And Champa speaks up and said that his past with Imperium is the past. And I thought it was really cool because Thatcher was in ring conf with them. Yeah. So that was like, oh my God, because we have the tease of Alexander Wolf with Killian Dane and their history insanity. And then you have the tease of of uh Marcel Bartel and um Thatcher. Yeah, but who else? Wolf. Alexander Wolf. There's another Wolf, one. Who's the Bar- other one? Wolf Bartel Walter? No, who is the other member? I can't oh, believe the other I'm... guy. Yeah, I'm well, why am I blanking on his name? Well, you know, his his future is gonna be really bright. Fabian Eichner. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. But yeah, Fabian Eichner, I don't even think he was in the group. I think it was just Walter and Marcel Bartel. Yeah, Eichner, I think, was WWE. Yeah, Um, I think Eichner got added later in. So me having Uh, to think of Fabian Eichner's name didn't even matter. Do you think that it would be cold if they just brought in all of them to have an even larger stable. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I... Hmm. It would it would be very NWO-ish. But done better and properly? They at least, they have all, they all have history together. <laughs> I mean, Virgil and uh, Hulk Hogan have history. No. 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 After that, we saw Roderick Strong call Adam Cole out, but instead Finn Balor came out. He loves coming out when uh, when Adam Cole gets called out, but uh, Roderick Strong blamed Finn Balor for everything. And then Balor announced that next week, Adam Cole will be facing him for the title. And he also said that Roderick Strong will always be just a follower until he gets greedy himself. And he attacked Finn Balor. It was a pull-apart brawl. That's going to be the main event of NXT. Yeah. Next up, you had Ember Moon pick up the victory over Aaliyah. Um, There were moments of this match where I was watching, and I'm like, I respect Ember Moon for what she's done, but she just doesn't draw anything for me. I love her finisher. But outside of that, I don't care. I think she's lost in the shuffle. I definitely agree with you with that. Definitely lost in the shuffle, but there's no draw factor for Ember Moon. There was. Mm-hmm. But now I just think she's lost in that shuffle. But Robert Stone distracted the referee while Jesse Kamea tried to pull Ember Moon off the top rope, but... Shotzi Blackheart took both of them out, and Ember Moon hit that eclipse to pick up the victory regardless. Um, After that, we saw for the NXT, not the NXT, the Women's Tag Team Championships, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defeated Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez to retain them. I like that Nia Jax started off with Dakota Kai. Um... But this match was super goofy. Why? Well, Dakota Kai was choked out. 
The referee uh-huh. gets knocked out, and Adam Pierce sends out Sean Bennett from Monday Night Raw for some reason. Raquel Gonzalez was the legal competitor. He calls it calls out Dakota Kai. He calls the match because she was passed out. We saw William Regal and Adam Pierce arguing later on. And Regal said he's going to make an announcement next week that'll change the landscape of NXT. The landscape of NXT. What? It's rumored. Suspect? It's rumored to be moving to Tuesdays starting April 13th after WrestleMania, but it's also rumored that NXT might be getting women's tag team titles of their own. So it wouldn't be in regards to Kai and Gonzalez with another shot? I guess not. And that's and that's also what makes no sense. Why maybe they get a shot at extreme rules? No, that wouldn't make sense. That's after Mania already. Hmm. Why are are Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair in that Fastlane match? I don't know. It's obviously Banks is going to turn on Bel Air during that match, but it's not necessary. I don't necessary. think it's obvious. I don't think that's a thing. You don't think so? I think that I think that's going to be what takes place. I don't know. I think Reginald might get some goofiness in there, but maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, could, I could see that too. I just don't understand. Like They build up the, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. They get a, a title shot and then goofiness ends in a non-finish really i'm okay like the so the thing with the non-finish it goes both ways because they have unfinished business that can carry over to the main roster now there is no definite uh winner between them i don't know maybe it'll lead to if if we get tag team titles next week i don't know maybe a match yeah, but if we get the NXT tag team titles next week, then that's probably it for Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. I don't. I. What happens if the shuffling is that Kai and Gonzalez will get a WrestleMania tag team match against Baszler and Jax? Because that would be. I just don't see that, that happening. But that would definitely be changing the landscape because that would be. Uh, NXT tag team competing on the biggest stage of them all. That's not changing the, the landscape, though. We have saw Rhea Ripley change the landscape last year. Exactly. The NXT but it, title was, was on the line. It was one. But, but not, we haven't seen tag team-wise. But that's tag team is... They're not... I don't know. It, to me, whatever. I don't think that that's a huge shakeup, but... Yeah. After that, we saw Isaiah Swerve Scott in the studio speaking about how he's not finished with Leon Ruff. So we'll see more of that. We saw LA Knight also put everybody on notice. And earlier in the night, we saw Cameron Grimes pitching the the name change of the Capitol Wrestling Center to the Cameron Grimes Auditorium. And then William Regal told him that he's going to be facing Bronson Reed. Cameron Grimes actually picks up the victory over Bronson Reed. Uh, I liked first at the beginning of the match, Cameron Grimes tried to pay Bronson Reed off. But L.A. Knight, he knocked uh, Bronson Reed off the top rope. 
And Cameron yeah, so Grimes took the advantage of that. I guess his first feud is going to, or first match and feud is going to be against Reed. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Next up, you have Caden Carter uh, calling out Zia Lee for next week. Yeah, which I don't see ending well for her. Um, definitely not. I could definitely, I mean, she, she didn't get marked yet. She did, did she? No. So I'm, I'm assuming she's going to get beat down and then get marked. And then the week after is going to be the matchup. No, I feel like next week is the match. Is it? I think so. Hmm. But we, right. throughout the whole night, we saw the way in a therapy session, uh, Austin Theory and Indy Hartwell were very pro Dexter Loomis, and the Garganos were obviously anti Loomis. Can um, we just start calling her indie wrestling? I mean, I, whatever we could. I mean, uh, I I thought that that was hilarious. Where what she do? She did indie wrestling Loomis. Yeah. In a notepad. Um. But yeah, Johnny started yelling at the therapist, and she made him leave. And Austin Theory was swearing up and down that Dexter Loomis was a nice guy. And the therapist then said that she spoke with Dexter Loomis. And Loomis, the reason why he dumped Austin Theory back with with Gargano is because he couldn't wait to get rid of him. And like ran him down so much, etc., even though Austin Theory knows that Dexter Loomis doesn't speak, the therapist was able to get words out of him. He ends up crying, and it turned out that I, Johnny Gargano paid the woman off. So I now, was wait, now Austin Theory hates Dexter Loomis again. I was waiting for the psychiatrist to transform into Loomis. <sighs> Like in like in like Austin Theory's head, you know, where he starts to hallucinate and see Loomis as the therapist, but all in his mind, and just him starting to really uh, lose himself. Yeah, yeah, but that didn't happen. <laughs> we uh, speaking of things that didn't happen, Brizango versus Everrise did not happen because Legato del Fantasma jumped Brizango. Uh, and then Everrise saw that they were about to get jumped and left the ring, but Santos Escobar ended up taking them out. Uh, and then he put the cruiserweight division on notice. He said, don't mistake what happened last week with Killian Cross for weakness. Killian Cross? Carrion Cross. Uh, so close. Yeah. So close. Killer and Carrion, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, in the main event of the evening, we had Finn Balor pickle the victory over Roderick Strong. Um, First member of the Undisputed Era to have a new theme and new gear. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. I don't know why. I didn't like Finn Balor using the Anaconda Vice. But I thought it was a good match. Mm-hmm. Just because Dexter Loomis uses that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the real, I mean, not the real takeaway is that it's really undisputed errors. No more. That's it. Adam Cole came out and stared Finn, Finn Balor down. 
I don't know if mm-hmm. Roderick Strong is going to factor into that match next week, leading to an Adam Cole versus Roderick Strong match. I don't know. I I could see that taking place. It's why not? I mean, um, that's kind of like what they were teasing with the week before. Yeah, but. NXT was... UK, we saw Ilya Dragunov defeat Sam Gradwell. Ilya knocks Gradwell out, which basically is what he said he was going to do. Um, but he snapped again afterwards, almost beat up a referee while Sam Gradwell just sat there smiling at him. And then Ilya kind of regretted what he'd done. Uh, so we're seeing that side of him where he snaps and he's he's immediately like sorry for it, regretful. Uh, we saw another vignette for that German wrestler who used to go by Lucky Kid. And there was a nod to that name in the video, which I thought was cool now that I know that that's what his name was. But now we know that his name is going to be Tioman and he'll be debuting next week on NXT UK. We also saw Zaya Brookside and Aaliyah James um, eating and Zaya made Nina Samuels make them tea. So... She she has to be the assistant for a month, so it was nice to get that sort of outside the ring segment. Uh, we also saw a video package a little later on for Aaliyah James to build her up, which I thought was cool. In the Supernova sessions, we saw Tyler Bate as the guest. Tyler Bate just saying how zen he was, and and Noam Dar tried to get him like to snap and try to rile him up by dumping uh, spinach all over him. But next week, we're going to be seeing Tyler Bate versus Dave Mastiff in a British Rules match. Um, The Zen Tyler Bate gimmick, I think, is weird. I don't know what's going on there with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tag team match, Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams picked up the victory over Ashton Smith Smith and Oliver Carter. Solid tag team match. Kenny Williams ended up grabbing Oliver Carter's legs to reverse the pin so Amir could win. But the biggest match of NXT UK, the big main event of the evening, Kaylee Ray picks up the victory over Mako Satamora to retain the NXT UK Women's Championship. This match was fantastic. This was the match that you go, you're going to hear people talking about it in like three weeks from now. This was an incredible match. It could have been the main event of any takeover. Um,. And I thought it was cool they had it, all the women, the women's division looking on in the video boards. I thought that was cool, but definitely go out of your way to, to check out this match. Um, the kicks that Mako Satamora were doing, was doing like the hardest kicks I think I've ever heard from a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also crazy. I didn't know before uh, last week's episode or this week's episode I didn't realize she debuted in WCW at the age of 17. Wow. I thought that was pretty crazy. That is but crazy. Na- but now that, that begs to, to ask the question, who's next for Kaylee Ray? I don't know. There's still that tease of Sasha Banks, and I don't know if we're going to ever get that. Mm-hmm. But that was NXT UK moving over to SmackDown which opens up with Michael Cole interviewing Daniel Bryan. 
And apparently we were going to be seeing Daniel Bryan and Edge versus Roman Reigns and Jey Uso at Fastlane. But Daniel Bryan squashed that because he wants a title shot. And uh, he brought up how in the past three weeks he's wrestled more than Edge and Roman Reigns have in the past three months. Roman Reigns came out basically to refute everything that Daniel Bryan had said. Jey Uso yelled at Daniel Bryan about their match later on, the cage match. Goes for a cheap shot, but Daniel Bryan dodges it and throws him to the ground. I thought that was interesting because I feel like we don't really see that. And Roman Reigns just stood there watching. He didn't attack Daniel Bryan or anything. Which is very interesting to me that he didn't do that. Yeah. Um, We were going to see a tag team match, Street Profits versus King Corbin and Sami Zayn. But King Corbin yelled at Sami Zayn before this. And he was like, I refuse to team with you. I don't agree with this. I don't want to be in this. So it sets up singles matches. King Corbin picks up the victory over Montez Ford. Sammy, I keep wanting to say Callahan. Sammy Zayn <laughs> distracts um, Montez Ford and he turns around right into the end of days. And then Sammy's like, since I helped you out, why don't you help me out? But Angelo Dawkins made Sammy Zayn bump into King Corbin. He got pissed off. He left. And then Big Docs picks up the victory over Sami Zayn, um, where we saw Montez Ford eventually kind of distracting Sami Zayn by him talking to his camera crew. Mm-hmm. And uh, Angelo Dawkins rolled up Sami Zayn to pick up the victory, but Sami, super paranoid, questions who the new videographer was. I didn't yeah, hire you. He, yeah, he didn't hire them. He says. Uh, like what, what do you what is this leading towards with his character? I don't know if we're gonna see Blake Christian eventually debut as that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. A match with Sami Zayn, I have no idea. But uh, I don't know. He's like paranoid right now. I know the other guy's yeah. a legitimate like guy that does I think camera work for WWE. Mm-hmm. I think he. I think I'm almost certain he was. Uh, uh, on one of the the weight loss uh, journeys that WWE mm-hmm. posted about, maybe maybe not, not positive. But uh, after that, we saw Carmella backstage call Reginald a snake for what he's been doing with Sasha Banks, and then she flipped the tray on into his face and fired him. Ouch. Yeah, and I don't know. Was it me or did the glass break? I don't know. Like for some reason, it looked like the glass broke after she hit the the tray and everything. But I I feel I feel bad for him. He he's got it rough. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's not the last we'll see of Reginald on SmackDown. After that, the match we saw Dominic pick up the victory over Chad Gable, relatively quick match. And we saw Rey Mysterio attack Otis afterwards and immediately immediately run away. I yeah, Otis got a get new attire why i don't know i think that he needs his own like a singlet he's wearing a singlet what do you mean well well, like when he was at ringside he was wearing the um blue collar stuff yeah but he could still wear a singlet he could still I, wear that with a singlet i think i i i think that there's got to be a change but mm. yeah but after no that what, though 
I, so, but I I think that this was a great match. I think that Gable. I don't think I there love was. That he's being, there was huh? nothing. I don't think there was anything to it to call it a great match. I I I, I don't know. I, mean, I'm, I just like watching Gable in action. I think the best part of that match, not that I'm, I will, yeah, I like Chad Gable as well, and I wish they would give him longer matches. I think that my favorite thing of that match was Dominic's attire. Why? I don't know. I thought it was cool. I liked it. All right. But after that, we saw Bianca Belair pick up the victory over Shayna Baszler. Reginald came out to cheer Sasha Banks and uh, and Bianca Belair. Sasha Banks was also out there. But Bianca Belair ends up pushing him into Nia Jax. And Nia Jax went after Reginald, but then accidentally hit Sasha Banks. He tried to apologize to Sasha Banks afterwards. Um, but we saw Bianca Belair yell at Sasha, and then Sasha slapped Reginald. Yeah. Later on, he tried to apologize to her again, but she slams the door in his face and he walks into Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler was kind of bullying him. And Nia Jax like made her stop and it seems like they might be doing a love angle there now with her and Reginald. (sighs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of confusing, but also something confusing. We saw Seth Rollins interviewed earlier in the night about Cesaro, and he was kind of making conspiracy theories about how Cesaro never hits that many revolutions during a swing on somebody, and he was doing it just to embarrass Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. We see Murphy step into the damn picture and ask if he could assist with Cesaro. And Rollins told him to leave. But we see Cesaro pick up the victory over Murphy. And I think this is a huge step backwards for Buddy Murphy. I totally agree with you. When was the last time we even saw him? It was December. Well, we saw him uh, when Seth Rollins returned. But that wasn't anything big. Last match he had was December. Wow. It's already been that long. Yeah. Hmm. So that's kind of annoying that that's what they decided to do with Buddy Murphy after all this time. Yeah. After that, though, we saw Apollo Crews come out, and he's now speaking in the Nigerian accent. I think we saw him speak last week in that accent. Mm-hmm. But I just I didn't think it was going to be like a whole thing now. But now it is. He's 100% full speaking in that. Uh, fully speaking with that, I should say. And he had a spear. He had twin guards behind him. Um, basically just putting Big E on notice. I liked it. You know, I liked, so I like the gimmick change. I think it's cool. It reminded me, I mean, it reminded me of like Black Panther-ish with the royal family aspect. Um, the one thing that it's just, I don't know. I feel like ever since that thing with Kofi Kingston, where a wrestler changes their voice to do an accent and stuff randomly it's just but i think he was saying that that's how he truly speaks that everything else he had to do just to to be a company guy or something basically yeah um 
But after that, we saw Natalia and Tamina basically questioning Adam Pierce as to what that match at Fastlane was about. I know you said you didn't want to see it, but Naomi and Lana still have a title shot. I don't know how that match is taking place. I don't understand it. It makes no sense. Yeah. But after that, we got a surprise episode of Ding Dong Hello, where Bailey read some positive tweets. And then she had one that I guess she didn't like. She she didn't read it. She angrily walked off. And I wonder if this could lead to a, a WrestleMania match. I don't know if I'm reading too far into it or whatnot. And, or, or who it could even be. But I would love for it to be Kyrie Sane. I think that's unrealistic. I would love for that. Dude, because she was the one that had that match with that was her last match was with Bailey I think mm-hmm. Bailey retired Kyrie Sane I believe she kept saying mm-hmm. Kyrie Sane the pirate princess they're in Raymond James Stadium we did not get a pirate entrance last year and we need a pirate entrance this year <laughs> her theme song is pirate theme we need Kyrie Sane at WrestleMania what was, 37 what was the last thing what was the last uh um tweet that she read it, she didn't read it. She like crumbled it up and and threw it on the ground. But why do you think that that was Ky- like that's the thing? Why I'm not. I don't going... know. I'm saying I could be completely reading into it, but there's really nothing to read into. If she if they they had this segment and she got pissed for a reason, there has I... to be a reason why she threw that on the floor. It was because a fan tweeted her something mean. Or Kyrie Sane tweeted Bailey saying, <laughs> remember when I beat you back in July? I don't think so. Bailey I think claims it was just... that she retired Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane, she won her last match in WWE. Sorry, brother. No. It's a stretch, but it's entirely freaking possible. <laughs> Hashtag Mark Dreams. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Um, but after that, we saw, uh, well, earlier in the night, we saw Roman Reigns remind Jey Uso that if he loses the match, he not only embarrasses himself, he's embarrassing the whole family. And then we saw Daniel Bryan attack Jey Uso before the match, which is not something we normally do. Daniel Bryan's a new Daniel Bryan. He's focused on winning that WWE championship, uh, the universal championship. Then we got Corey Graves introducing how a cage match works, which I thought was weird for some reason. I don't know why that happened. Um, but the main event, Daniel Bryan picked up the victory over Jey Uso in that steel cage. And I thought it was a good match. I really liked the 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 use of the top rope in this match. I totally agree with you. I think that this was a lot of fun. It was eventful. It was the first steel cage match on Fox. No, it's not. I even texted you that that's wrong. Oh, I didn't see what I thought you were telling about. So which we've so seen then t- that I don't know how many other cage matches we've seen, but Roman Reigns faced Kevin Owens in a cage match. So then the grave stuff didn't really make sense. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't understand that okay, either. Now I just like when you text me, I think you said no, I thought you were. Referring I think I wrote to LOL. Else. No. <laughs> yeah, I thought that you I thought you were responding to me saying that that was a cool idea or whatever to introduce <laughs> the Fox audience to what a steel cage match is. Yeah, no. 
Uh, yeah, okay. So then it's a little bit odd. But, but the uh, the top rope came into play throughout the whole match, and it, and it was the end of the match. He hits the Daniel Bryan hits a butterfly suplex off the top rope into the yes lock. Jey Uso grabs to the rope, but there's no rope breaks in the steel cage match, and he eventually taps out. Maybe that's why they had to um, let people know the rules. I don't know, but Daniel Bryan is now going to Fastlane to face Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. You, they you were, called it. I, they were I painting that it. story, though, that Edge is not happy about his WrestleMania going up. Edge's WrestleMania right now, to me, is not threatened, though. I agree. <laughs> he could still challenge Daniel Bryan. No, I, I don't understand why that stuff with Edge would even be a factor. But that's, I still think, I still feel like it could per- potentially be a triple threat match. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Then, then it's like the, the WWE Championship, I also feel like is a triple threat match. So then if it's a triple threat, does Daniel Bryan win? Mm, I don't know. Even yeah. if it's a singles match, I don't see Roman Reigns losing. Roman Reigns is dominant right now. It's yeah, hard I don't see Roman Reigns losing at WrestleMania regardless of two or three people in the match. I'm going to say the same thing with Bobby Lashley. I feel the same way with him. You know, that dominant aspect. It's tough. But, yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> Brandon, you, you got any shout outs? Listen to Brandon's shout-outs, because when there are shout-outs, <laughs> there's honey. The first shout-out goes to Bunny Whaler, who unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 73. He was a pioneer of reggae music. He was a founding member of the Whalers alongside Peter Tosh and Bob Barley. Um, so just go, uh, go listen to some Whalers music. This weekend. Yeah, especially with Kenny Chesney. Yeah. <laughs> Different uh, version of the Whalers, though. Hey, um, still good. Uh, next shout-out, though, goes to WWE 24 Big E. Uh, I think they're always great. We always say that, or I say that they're always great. But it was pretty cool to see his journey as an athlete to WWE and how he got his foot in the door to WWE even. Like, had all the cards not been in place, who knows where he would be right now. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty cool because, like, Jim Ross had a big hand in that. Wow. So it was cool. Um, And then the last shout-out goes to Poncho's Cantina, which is a Tex-Mex restaurant on Long Island that I have been going to since I was a child. I mentioned it the other week. But they're closing this weekend after like 40 years, and I think that absolutely sucks. And I'm definitely going to miss the food for sure. Um... Prior to this past week, the last time I stepped foot into a restaurant was March 4th, 2020. I don't even remember the last time I went there. 
But uh, not that I ate at Poncho's. I went there. I absolutely had to go back in and just like take it all in and and say bye. I don't know did what's going to be there next or whatnot. Uh, I didn't get did the it, recipes. Did it respond <laughs> to you and say bye, Brandon? No. I, I want. I I don't know if they're going to be releasing recipes or not. I really do hope they do because I can't lose some of those recipes that they had. But or adios, um, muchachos. Yeah, so thanks for the memories. I know we've been there a few times together. Hasta mañana. Um, did, what other stuff did they have on sale there? I don't know. They just had a bunch of stuff. All their their uh, salt shakers that were Corona did bottles you buy and stuff. No, I just went and got a. Basically, I went every day last week and got food. <laughs> so you didn't even get a souvenir. I have I have a, a souvenir. What do you get? I stole no I'm just kidding I didn't steal anything. They used to have these uh these things you'd hand in your receipts and uh if you had like enough money for it you would get a like a gift certificate I guess. Mm-hmm. So I have one of those that I will Oh cool. have. Very yeah. cool. Those are my shout outs. Now it's time for Ow. Right, our mark out moment of the week. I have a few of them right now. Um, one being Queen Latifah was on the Tonight Show this past week, mm-hmm. and it she just happened to be she was the, the background of her of her camera was like a, a an arena, huh? And, and Jimmy Fallon asked her like, "Where where are you right now?" Looks like you're in like a suite or something. She was at the Izod Center. And I marked out for that. The Izod Center has been closed since 2015, but apparently they turned it into a soundstage. And that's where her show is currently taping. Oh, that's weird. I had no clue that the Izod Center is now a, a, a soundstage. I just thought it was sitting there dormant. Yeah. But it's it's hosted WWE pay-per-views, Raws, and SmackDowns. The last WWE event there was uh, the night after WrestleMania 29 when Dolph Ziggler cashed in that Money in the Bank briefcase and won the World Heavyweight Championship. So I thought it was wow. cool to get to see inside that building again. Mm-hmm. Also popped uh, Green Day. I think they might have also been on that same episode. Um, but... Do you, by any chance, know that Green Day is in a kayfabe band? Wait, what? The, what? They're, they're in a band called The Network. And it's Kiz Fizz. They all, some of them wear lucha masks, but they all hide their face. And the members of Green Day, like, pretend they don't even know them. They kayfabe that they don't know the, the band The Network. Uh-huh. And they were on The Tonight Show as well. And apparently they had an album back in 2003. And now they're uh, again here with another album. But I just thought it was bizarre that they were wearing lucha masks. And it was Green Day just trying to keep kayfabe alive. (laughs) They were legit putting on concerts and everything? No. Green Day performed... As the musical guest on the Tonight Show, 
Uh-huh. So where does the network fit in? They are called the network. The band's name is the network. The Green Day Kiz Fizz band is the network. What's Kiz Fizz? Kayfabe? What are you kidding me? I don't get it. Because the Carnage speak, they do the the. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm wrestling, just wrestling related though. Uh, actual wrestling related. Big Cass and Enzo Amore making a a an appearance at an independent wrestling show this past weekend. Cass looks in incredible shape, and uh, he has not been. In wrestling for like two years. So. Yeah. Maybe a WWE. uh, Maybe they could come back to WWE soon. And when you say that. I mean hopefully Cass could. I like Enzo. I have no problem with Enzo. I don't care for Enzo. Um, And then my my last mark out moment of the week. Yeah take them all. Why don't you? Yeah Billy Joel was mentioned on Young Rock this past week. So God I had to mark you out. Ask me about my mark up moment. Well, I was gonna say all mine and then ask you yours. I don't want to like mix and match, you know. But uh, yeah, so I marked out for Billy Joel being mentioned on Young Rock. Obviously, the Garden is in that sentence as well. But did you mark out over anything, David? No. No. That's the show, <laughs> folks. That's our mark out <laughs> moment of the week, episode five hundred and twenty-six. There is still a shirt sale going on at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out until the 8th of March. Use the code MADNESS for 20% off. Follow us collectively on Twitter at MarkinOut. BTTG161 on both MarkinOut, on both MarkinOut, both Instagram and Twitter. At Chris Sweendog, at Dave the Rave underscore M-O. Facebook.com slash out, YouTube.com slash out 11 That's the same address for Instagram. Um, use the code regardless for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Twitch.tv slash out, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, MarkingOut.com. We wish you the... the- Best of luck in your luck future, in your future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week.